Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hello, and welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. I'm Topher Morrison, guest hosting for Dan, who cannot come to his own podcast. With the recent decline in the value of Bitcoin, Dan was seen with his axe and his pick running into the rolling hills of Warwickshire trying to mine some Bitcoin. If you do have his mobile number, could you please give him a call and let him know that's not how mining Bitcoin works. In the meantime, we're going to get him prepped and ready to go for the Success Mastermind coming up June 21st and 22nd, where we will be hosting the second annual Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition. That's right, where we're going to have a few hardworking entrepreneurs will be competing for a cash prize of 10,000 pounds and the title of Ultimate Entrepreneur for this year. Today's guest in the podcast is one of those competitors, and his name is Jim Price. He is with UK Football Trials uh, or UK Football Schools. Um, he has both companies, and they are designed specifically around the idea of recruiting and training and developing young athletes into professional footballers. We're going to hear about how he was able to withstand and survive the, uh, the pandemic and what he's doing for the future of his business and how he's been able to stay in his lane and not get tempted by other projects that might be uh, just as lucrative, but not his specialty. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Jim Price from UK Football Trials. Jim, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast and congratulations on making it as one of the finalists for the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition coming up June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. I'll be emceeing the event, uh, but for now we get to meet over this digital medium and, and yeah. find out a little bit more about your business. I'm excited to, to learn more about your company because I am at a distance involved in some sports businesses. I'm a minority shareholder for a collegiate sports agency. And then the school that I'm attending, we're doing an entrepreneurial project specific, specifically around blockchain technology for athletes. So this is something that is, has a cool personal interest for me as well. But um, for those of you who have not met Jim, uh, Jim uh, Price is the uh, founder of uh, UKFootballTrials.com, uh, which is a, uh, a, 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 a it's a trials course company. If I were to explain that, how would I, how, how would you pitch it? When you pitch somebody, what it is it you do? Yeah. yeah, we do. Well, basically what we would do is we run one day and five day um, football trial events where young footballers who are desperate to become professionals can attend. Um, they get to train and then play matches so in front when, of When scouts. you say young, how young? Are you working with, uh, with primary school, middle school? Collegiate, all, yes, everything. It's like from, we do it from 10 years old all the way through to 20, early 20s, really. So there's different opportunities and different pathways for players at each uh, age group. Now you've, uh, you've, you've actually accomplished something pretty amazing, which is you're the largest football trials club. Uh, I don't know if club was the right term to use there. Uh, yeah, in the world, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's that many people doing it internationally, but um, yeah, we're certainly the largest in, um, in Britain and uh, to our knowledge in the world. Yeah. So uh, it's been a long road to get there, but yeah, thankfully we have. By the way, side note for all of my US viewers on this podcast, football is a sport where there is a black and white round ball <laughs> and you kick it with your feet 
it ain't the pigskin one. So That's right. uh, anyway, I'm up to speed. I know what you're talking about. Uh, so so how long, first off, how long have you all been in business? Because well, you must have been in for, for quite some time in order yeah, to get up to the world's largest. Yeah. It's, it's 10 years now we've been operating, uh, operating properly. And um, my brother actually... He, you know, he he's the he's the co-founder with me, co-CEO, and he was the one who really got it all moving ten years ago. Um, he was working in mega yachts, and I had this idea, and uh, he came over and, and sort of ran with it. And um, took us a long while to establish establish ourselves, get credibility, build up the contacts that you need. But um, yeah, it's eventually eventually um, got to you know somewhere like where we want to be. Yeah, and that's Harry is your brother. Yes. Uh, that's so. So, would, you know, is he a, is he a co-founder with you, or is is it, is it your company, and then he's just the pretty face that goes along with the brand? Or do you guys have co-ownership? I usually say that, but no. Um, it was my it was my idea. Um, yeah, I, he can give me that one. Now, I, I saw yeah. a company who were doing it, and um, there was just this huge interest in in what they were doing, but they were just doing it really badly. And they weren't really being ethical or honest about the scouts that were in attendance. But I remember looking at this um, at this trial and going, what a great idea, you know, if you were actually able to do this properly. Because everybody knows somebody, that guy down the pub who was an amazing footballer or somebody yeah. released. And then, you know, they were, they were sitting there talking about bygone times. And I just thought if you could get these players who maybe live in remote areas where there isn't a scout network or have been released and discarded, basically. If you could give them another opportunity, I, you know, we were certain at the time they were players slipping through the net, and that's who we've tried yeah. to contact. Um, Interesting. And- uh, what, what got you into this? I mean, that's the story about what inspired it, but do, do you have a background in football? Is it a passion of yours? Or were you, did you literally just see a need in the market and go, I'm going to do it? Yeah, well, I, I was working for a um, the UK's largest five-a-side football company, Um and probably, probably a story awful, all too familiar for many was that I got screwed on a bonus, and um, I just thought I can't have that. You know, there's no point whinging about it. The only way I can do this is to sort of take control of of um, of my life and my work. So that was sort of the inspiration behind it. But I just didn't quite know what I was going to do. I didn't have a clue really what I was going to do. But I knew I loved football, and I saw this, and I just thought. Yeah, this this is something that we could work with, and um, I had a background in sales and marketing, and my brother's very good operation. You know, worked on the some of the biggest mega yachts in the world, and you know, great on customer service and operation. So I just thought it was a good fit for us at that time. Yeah. Now, one thing I know about business, especially when you have conception to startup to development to passing, passing your MVP and into yeah. to establishment and then second stage, there's always a lot of pivots and it always evolves and grows into something that you didn't intend it to be. But when you start off a company with the name UK Football Trials, yeah. Yeah. you're really niched right away. It doesn't give you a lot of flexibility to move and to pivot should all of a sudden you discover, oh, this isn't exactly what they want. They want something else. So how is the company been able to evolve but still maintain in that identity because i know you've also developed uk football schools.com yeah. was that an inspiration or was that a result of of a necessary pivot but you couldn't because of the name it was, uh, it name was a pivot. pivot yeah i mean it was exactly that we we worked for probably the first six years of business just getting the trials right and yeah a, a very good businessman once advised us you know become the best in the world at 
what you do. So we worked really hard to do that. And then we thought, well, we've got this £100 uh, product. Uh, what would be an expansion on from this? So we uh, had a lot of players and parents saying, you know, is this, do you do anything longer than just the, the three-hour trial? Um, so we created something. We created uh, football residential camps over five days, which was sort of like our £1,000 product. Um, nice. Then thankfully those uh, started slowly again, but then really, really took off. And we had parents from those saying, this is amazing. Is there anything like this, um, you know, any schools that do this sort of stuff? And, and the, the honest answer was we didn't know. Um, so we, we found somebody who did, um, and they were sort of a, a specialist schools recruiter. Um, they, they worked for the schools, basically, and the, the schools paid them commission for people that they, they placed. Um, but we weren't happy with the job he was doing, so we thought, we can do this better. Um, let's... Same inspiration yeah. from the first company. You saw somebody doing it said, exactly. we could do it better. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So we just, yeah. well, there are football specialist schools in Britain. Uh -huh. um, and we have got players from all around the world contacting us all the time. And um, they run exactly like professional academies. So if a footballer from around the world wants to get better, we found the schools um, that could help them do that. And then that then developed into academy. So for older players... Um, you know, 17, 18 plus, um, we found some academies, some private football academies, where basically you live as a professional, um, you play against professional clubs, and those um, those provide scouting opportunities as well. So all of our products really have just stemmed from um, identifying what the people have been asking and, and trying to do it as well as we possibly can. Uh, so there's a couple of messages here that I think the viewers, the listeners of this podcast can benefit from. Number one is what's impressive is that you stayed in your lane, right? How have you, yeah. because you, you could take this concept, I would argue, you could take this model and go, hmm, now we could take uh, UK cricket trials.com, UK cricket schools.com. You could do this with just virtually any type of a sports out there, but yet it doesn't sound like you have done that. You've stayed in that football realm. Do you, do you have plans to expand in other ones? And if not, how do you how do you maintain that level of discipline to just stay in that lane? Because it's just so tempting to go off. I mean, entrepreneurs, we have that squirrel. But, oh, we go off to something else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, we have been tempted. We did. It's funny you mentioned cricket because we did actually look at that. Um, we spoke to somebody yeah. involved in the IPL at one point. Um, but football's really what we know and. Um, it's everyone wants knows the Premier League. Everyone wants to play in England, um, and I think in other sports as well, the scouting network is is um, is developed differently. So if you're good at rugby, for example, the schools are all in touch with the clubs, and it's pretty easy for the best rugby players to be identified. And so many people play football uh, across schools in clubs. Even players, you know, playing in terrible teams, you can have one outstanding player. So we feel there's, you know, the football market is so huge that there's plenty of room for us to grow and develop and, you know, go international with this, um, just sticking with football. So that's what we deserve. Very impressive. All right. Now, now i got to ask you, by the way, Yeah. favorite team? Uh, West Bromwich Albion. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why. What? Yeah, no, no, everyone says that. He, uh, he's... he's not familiar with football yeah terrible terrible team my dad's team and you have to stick to your dad's team so yeah I, i'm not one of these fly by nights but most of our staff 
All right. Liverpool. The fact that it's your dad's team. Now, did your dad play in that team or yeah. was it just your dad's favorite uh, team and you were raised to believe that's the best? My part? dad played for uh, Kidderminster Harriers just for uh, one season, but he was um, a West Brom, West Brom Albion season ticket holder. So, uh, you, uh, yeah, I, I, normally I would, I would go toe to toe with you and I would defend <laughs> my Arsenal team, by the way. Yeah. But you've got a really good reason for having a favorite team. So I will try not to change your order. But for me, uh, Arsenal all the way. Yeah, apart from last night. (laughs) Although, interestingly enough, by the way, um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, some of our locals here in Tampa, Florida, where I'm from, own Man United, our part owners in Manchester United. Yeah, very aware of that. But uh, yeah. And, and I think somebody owns Arsenal as well. I think they're yeah, a part of uh, Arsenal. It's Cronky, isn't it? It's Dan Cronky, I think. Yeah, who, is he in the Rams, I think, in, uh, in America? Well, there's, there's a couple. Um, uh, now that I'm saying, uh, now that I'm trying to act like I know what I'm talking about, and I'm <laughs> blanking on their names. I, I, I do believe Vinick, um, uh, who's one of our local billionaires here in Tampa, he owns, I think he's a part owner in Arsenal, or used to be. Right, wow. Maybe yeah. not. Um, and then we have another guy who actually owns the Bucks, um, they also own part of Man, Man United wow. as well. Yeah. So yeah, we got some weekends. And we have, a, we have a football team here that made it, at least in the States, to the uh, to the playoffs last year. We have the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them, actually. I've heard of them. Yeah, and you've, of course, you've got the, you know, the Liverpool owners, the um, FSG group. Oh, it's Liverpool. It's not Arsenal. I think Vinick owns part of Liverpool. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's funny yeah. is now, uh, if any sports heads watch this podcast, they're going to just rake me <laughs> goals for not knowing about anything that I'm talking about right now. I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a letter from the attorneys yeah. from the Bucks and uh, from Vinick Corporation as well, going stop using our name, yeah. <laughs> especially for that team. Uh, all right, well, let's get back to business here. So, um, how did you survive the pandemic? Because I would assume that this is something that. You know, I don't know. I don't know how it all went down in the UK, but in the, in the states, like they were shutting down public parks, yeah. they were shutting down forests, and I'm like, if there's one place you would want to be, yeah, in a pandemic, it would be outside in in nature. Um, and, and granted, I mean, even with a pandemic, I guess playing close to sports athletes might be a challenge. But did, did it lock it down for you, or what did you do? How did you? It was it was an absolute nightmare, to be honest. Um, we. <laughs> When we when we went into that pandemic, we really we, we were selling. We'd sold out for uh, our, an April camp, big events we were doing. We sold all our trials out. Our schools business was booming, and it was literally overnight everything shut down. So we lost our we lost our venue. Um, we couldn't run anything, and um, we 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 weren't using accrual accounting. I mean, it, business. You know, it, it, some of the mistakes we made was terrible. And we worked out we had, um, you know, 300, almost 300,000 pounds of debt of players who paid for events, which we couldn't then deliver. So it was a hugely... They wanted their money back. Right well, that, that was that was the danger. I mean, we, we that was the biggest... I think that was probably our, our biggest challenge was um, we just were like, right, we don't actually have the funds to cover all these people if they if they ask for a refund so what are we going to do we we basically decided to be very honest with everybody uh, about the situation and we did video messages to you know 600 players and parents telling them what the situation was and, and saying that we would uh, we would honor their events but 
we can't sort of do refunds and we put things on as soon as we can. It's, um, um, you know, we've nearly cleared that debt now. We still haven't cleared it, but we're, you know, next in August, that should hopefully be all of that debt we had cleared finally, which is going to be a huge relief. Well yeah. done. Listen, if you can pay all that off in one year, you did oh well, you, you did okay. You know, it's interesting. There's a, I, I think um, the pandemic, if anything, it gave, I think, a lot of people a great deal of empathy toward tough situations for other yeah. people where normally they would have been like, I want my money back right now. But there was kind of like, yeah, well, yeah I amazing. get it. Besides, what are they going to we say? We were amazed. I mean, we had... Um, out of that debt, we had £10,000 with the refunds we did, which is real people, you know, oh, that's and, you know so we, we did have a little bit of discretion on it. But, um, you know, thankfully, I think, you know, it, it was really my my brother delivered it and we all just worked. And it was just we, we had to do that to save our company, really. And it, But it was a lot of sleepless nights and that realisation that everything you've worked for yeah. is in jeopardy and you've got to get your act together, really. So that was so. So then, two things. So, so um, number one, lesson learned is switch to accrual accounting. So, hopefully, you've done that yeah. by now. By the way, for those of you who are watching or listening to this podcast, if you don't understand yet the benefits of an accrual accounting business versus a cash based business, absolutely get to a Dan Bradbury mastermind to understand the differences between those two because it absolutely makes a big difference. And then the second thing would be this, and I'm going to kind of leave it with this and then uh, kind of move on. But uh, what have you done to future-proof the business if there is a future pandemic or uh, something else? Like now there's some weird tick that's making people die or something like that and that's infecting in the grass. What have you been doing to help kind of future proof, proof yourself in the future yeah we, we've gone to um we create a digital products so we create like a digital coaching product but not just coaching we speak about the psychology yeah. all of our experience about what traits people who've been successful in football have got so we've got a whole tutorial what scouts look for we've got a big sort of video program we wrote a book um but i think really what we did is we when we were able to run events last year we've just run our business better we were uh we, we joined a Dan Bradbury mastermind session and everybody just laughed at us because we'd basically been treating our business like a bit of a bank account and they saw how much we did and ended out. Yep. Bank balance oh, accounting is oh, what I call it. How much money do yeah, we have in the bank? We can afford exactly it. what we were doing. So we just, we, we've realized the benefits of holding their assets. We've got, we've built up those reserves so that if anything does happen like this again and school shut and, you're not allowed to play sports and things. We can survive for a lot longer. And um, we've also got more international options. So if the whole world locks down again, I think, you know, it's going to be tough. But hopefully we'll have some different avenues that we can that we can um, explore if this ever happens again. So, yeah. Well done. Well done. Impressive. Impressive. Uh, Jim, I can't wait to hear your pitch uh, for the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition and hear how you were able to go from being a cash-based business to an accrual-based business, how you survived through that pandemic. It's going to be a cool story. Um, for those of you who'd like to learn a little bit more about Jim's companies, you can go to UK Football Trials. Oh, <laughs> three times fast. UKFootballTrials.com or you can go to UKFootballSchools.com. Yeah. Schools, yeah. plural. UKFootballSchools.com. You should probably buy, you should go buy school anyway yeah, and forward through if you haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Um, uh, and you can also, uh, they have a very active Instagram and Facebook page as well. So on Instagram, it is UK underscore football underscore trials. Um, for Facebook, you can just search for UK uh, football trials uh, and you can pop up and join their groups as well. Very interactive community. Uh, Jim, I wish you the best of success and luck. I can't wait to meet you, you in person. Uh, and, and is it going to be you and your brother are going to be pitching? So yeah, we'll look forward to speaking to everybody. But thank you very much having us on, and um, yeah, really, really look forward to meeting you two in person. It's um, yeah. it'll, it'll be exciting. All right, best of luck, my friend. We will see you thank June twenty first and twenty second in work. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, Jim Price from UK Football Trials. If you'd like to meet him, you can at the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition coming up June 21st and 22nd in work. Not only are we going to be hosting the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition, but we're also going to be conducting a great mastermind where Dan Steam is going to be scaling up and he has brought in two powerhouse guests that you will not want to miss. We have Nigel Shanahan and Simon Inchley. Nigel was able to successfully exit his company for over 50 million. He's going to be sharing with you how he did that. And then we've got Simon who was the founder of Gresham LLP. They are a private equity firm which was at the time responsible for over 750 million in assets. He successfully grew that and then exited for over 100 million. So you're going to want to sharpen your pencils, take notes, and meet some powerful entrepreneurs at the Success Mastermind coming up June 21st and 22nd. We'll see you there. Until then, let's all try a little harder to be a little better. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, nine and a half steps to improving your profits and cash flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.